presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Good morning, everyone. How are we today? Good. Um, last December, I shared a particular topic. Who, who of you can remember what that topic is all about? Last December. Uh, Kylie, I think. Yeah. Hey? It's somewhat related to that. Who can remember? Oh, this, is, this is not test, okay? <laughs> Don't get <it> wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, it starts with letter C. Hey? Correct. Maybe thanks for that commitment. <laughs> Thank you for that story about the. Uh, Jesus fed, fed the 5,000, right? It's about that. So, in that um, particular teaching, so we're doing the same teaching or Bible study this morning. So, I've talked about commitment is, is the action word of faith. So, faith, you can't say that you have faith if you don't have commitment in the Lord. So, commitment is something like the action word of faith. Now, this morning, we're talking to talk about more about faith. So we mentioned that. We'll talk about faith this morning. And so you might probably ask, what is faith? So there's a good definition in, in the Bible itself, and it's found in Hebrews 11, chapter 1. And faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things not seen. That's in the New Living Translation. And in the King James Version, I like this description really about faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In King James Version, they mention substance. It's something like similar to the word matter. Uh, it's not What's the matter with me? Word. <laughs> it's not the matter, okay? Matter is the scientific matter word. So who, who in this room can describe me what matter is, the scientific matter? How do you describe it? Students? Uh, it's in the high school. What, how do you define matter? Something physical. Something physical? Uh, more, more scientific, please. Oh, that's a very good one. My wife is very good. I didn't ask him in, uh, during back at home, okay? <laughs> so I'm quite sure it's random. We, he know it by heart. So matter is anything that occupies space and has mass, meaning it's there. Something that, you, something that it's there. So that's what faith is all about. Even if you, can, you can't see it, it's there. Yeah, I know you have faith. We believe in God. We didn't see God, but we believe that He is God. There He is. We believe that God is here with us. When we're worshiping God, praising His name, we believe that God has been delighted and God is here with us. We can feel it. We can hear it with our spiritual eyes. That alone is faith. Amen for that? Okay, that's faith. That's substance. It's a matter. It's not the, what's the matter with us, okay? <laughs> It's a matter, so yeah, that's a good thing. Next, 
So we're going to talk about um, faith uh, in detail. So we'll be opening our Bibles a lot of times. And if you have a Bible with you or the apps with you, could you please open that? And our passage today is in John chapter 20, verses 24 until 29. Some of you have read this a lot of times already. And we're talking in particular about a person or the disciple or the apostle named Thomas. Yeah. So if you have the Bibles with you, read with me. I'm reading in New Living Translation. I love this translation. Actually, very practical. So, verse 24, one of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, or Didymus, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Verse 28, my Lord and my God, Thomas explained exclaimed. Verse 29, then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So, this event happened, or this particular passage, this point in time happened when Jesus was already resurrected from the dead. It was days after, actually, that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And this particular passage happened after Jesus showed himself to the disciples the first time. Of course, without, according to verse 24, without Thomas at that time. So after the first time with the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there with them. Okay? So that's a brief description of this incident. And then let's take a look at verse, uh, this passage verse by verse. In verses 24, 25, well, the disciples told Thomas the news, we have seen the Lord. Well, I love that song. Um, Tell the world of the treasures you found. Thanks for that word, Eli, for the, for the worship service this morning. I'm sorry, I'm not as a good singer as Eli, so forgive me, okay? <laughs> That's the word. Yeah, I, we could see the excitement of the disciples telling Thomas about the treasures, the treasure that they have found at this stage, that is the Lord is alive, that they have seen the Lord living. Yeah. How at least you have the same excitement to tell the world outside that although we have not seen the Lord physically, but we have seen the Lord in our spirit. You can tell the world how the Lord you know, changed our lives. You can tell the Lord how our Lord answered our prayers and everything else that the Lord has done for us. So I thought we have this, uh, how I wish and I pray that we've got the same excitement with the disciples telling the news or the treasure 
but the Lord is with us and we have seen the Lord. Okay? <laughs> the same excitement. Yeah. But Thomas' response was different. Something like that. We can, we can probably say that when uh, Thomas responded, I won't believe. Say something like, probably we could say that to cease to believe. That's for Thomas. To cease to believe. Oh, unless I can put my fingers on his wounds, I won't believe. So to cease to believe. That's the, <laughs> the faith in this world, actually. To believe, to cease to believe. But in fairness with Thomas, anyway, think about this. All the disciples didn't know that, didn't know, didn't understand that Jesus will rise again from the dead after three days. And you know about this story, right? Despite many parables, even Jesus telling them when he was still alive, telling them that I will rise again after three days. But they did none of the disciples believe that he will rise again after three days. Okay? So when, when the other disciples was telling Thomas, we have seen the Lord, what, do you, what, would, you be, what would you think Thomas would respond? Of course. <laughs> okay, I'll put it this way. So, uh, we have loved ones that passed away, okay? Probably our grandma. And if I would tell you, hey, I've seen your grandma, how would you react? What would be your response? Hey? What would be your response? I would tell you, hey, I've seen your grandma. Yeah. Well, he passed away for many years or days already. So what will you respond? Come on. Be interactive. Honestly, what will you respond to me? Correct. What else? Could be. What could be the other answer? Yes. How do you see it's dead? What else? Eh? Yeah, probably for me. I won't believe until I see it. <laughs> okay? Same thing with Thomas. It's the same case. Because they believe that Jesus will rise again from the dead. We don't believe that probably our grandma will, not, will rise again from the dead. We don't believe. And if someone would tell me that I've seen him. We have seen him. Okay? Yeah. Where he is. Simple as that. We can probably uh, summarize uh, or make or shorten Thomas' respond as probably will respond where he is. Yeah. He did respond, oh, oh, I know it already. He told, he told us that he's going to rise again for three days. Not that. Because none of the disciples believe that Jesus will rise again from the dead after three days until they see him face to face. And Thomas didn't see him, haven't seen him yet. So that could be his response. In fairness, I think it's a valid response by Thomas. Hey, unless I'll see him, I'll believe. <laughs> But, of course, nevertheless, he's, he, at this point, he's in the stage of unbelief anyway. Okay. That's the conclusion, anyway. So let's proceed. Now, in verse 26, I would read this passage again. This is very important. Okay. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time, Thomas was with them. So this is the second time that happened to the disciples. Now, let us describe... How is the room? Okay, they're together again at this time, and Thomas with them. So the room is what? It's locked. It's closed. Okay, it's closed. 
And how did Jesus Christ join them? <laughs> how did Jesus Christ join them? Where in the past is how? He just appeared. He just appeared. He didn't. He didn't knock at the door. Let me in. I'm Jesus. No, he didn't. The passage says, uh, especially in the Living Translation, it says, the doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, just like the first time, Jesus was standing amongst them. So he just appeared. I don't know. I, I could imagine how did he appear? Like slowly, slowly, and then Jesus informed into Jesus something like that. Or just instantly, Jesus appeared. But nevertheless, he wasn't there. And then there he was. Just appeared to the disciples. Okay, he appeared. <gasps> what a surprise. Now, if you were Thomas, could you imagine seeing that? <laughs> if you were Thomas, how would you feel seeing Jesus? Just appearing in your midst and then, <gasps> Ooh, I was telling that to see him is to believe now. He just appeared. <laughs> Probably if he was just walking to the door, knock and walk through the door, if I were to us, he would say, oh, it, was it really him walking, walking through that door? I would say something like that. It could be an imposter or something like that. Ooh, just that probably a Jesus-alike person that is coming through us. But no, Jesus was just appeared miraculously. In their midst. Oh, if I were Thomas, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could have melted in his presence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, naturally, um, when Jesus appeared, he was telling them, Peace be with you. I was telling, Oh, probably all the disciples were scared when he appeared because it was some, something miraculous. And they just, Peace be with you. But when I did some reading, peace with you is really a natural thing for them to greet everyone. Yeah, just a common, like, good morning, or how are you doing, Mike? Just for the Jews, it's a common thing to greet everyone, peace be with you. Or it could be something like uh, reaffirming the peace that Jesus was given them, that the resurrection or salvation is to take place. Something like that. So that's the first greeting of Jesus to them. Peace be with you. Peace be with you, my brethren. <laughs> so, there's the good thing. Right after greeting the disciples, Jesus faced Thomas. Now, if you were Thomas, seeing the disciples just appeared here miraculously. And then right after greeting everyone, he, did, he then approached Thomas and ask this question, not really question, but what Thomas asked in verse 25 that he said, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, but move my fingers into them and place my hand into the wounds in his side, I won't believe. That is exactly what Jesus was telling Thomas. Thomas, yeah, put your hands into my wounds, nails, blah, blah, blah. Stop doubting but believe exactly the same words exactly the same words what he asked him to do now a question anyway how did Jesus Christ know about that how did Jesus Christ know that Thomas have that question or have that argument would I say the disciples told him before they met no I don't think so 
No, I didn't think so because I think this was only the second time that they met. Probably Jesus was, uh, yeah, you know that Jesus Christ appeared to other believers, probably in that. So this is the second time that Jesus Christ appeared with the disciples. And for sure, no one told Jesus about Thomas and belief at that time. Do you agree with me? Reading through the passage is very clear, actually. So, yeah, if you were Thomas, now you know you have these doubts. And then Jesus Christ appeared just miraculously. And then he faced you. And then he asked you the same thing to ask you what to do. The same thing as what you want to do with Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I don't know. If I were Thomas, I don't know. I would look for something else, somewhere to hide, actually. Or I could have melted in his presence. <laughs> but Jesus Christ was very cautious, was dealing with him. Okay? So, yeah. So, Thomas just exclaimed, my Lord and my God, according to most Bible uh, scholars, and even as you read this passage, these words are very powerful, actually. My Lord and my God. So he doesn't just believe that Jesus is God. He's his Lord. Exclaiming him to them. Yeah, exclaiming, exclaiming these words in front of Jesus. My Lord and my God. Yeah. He's not just God, according to Thomas, but he's his Lord. Okay? And if you go to the internet, if you browse something like Thomas, Doubting Thomas, there are heaps of paintings or pictures about Thomas checking on the wounds of Jesus Christ. In fact, there was, um, when I was still high school, I saw a painting of a famous painter by Caravaggio, a European painter. That's really Thomas was putting his hands on one of um, Jesus' wounds on his side. This was pierced by the Roman soldier with a bow. So I, uh, that, that's the, what the painting is uh, showing. Sorry, I wasn't able to show it here. But if you search through that, you can see heaps of paintings about that. Now, my question is, did it really happen? Did it really happen that Thomas put his fingers to the wounds of Jesus Christ? Did it really happen? How, what makes me uh, answer that? There's no right or wrong answers. This, but what do you think of that? Read about this passage. Oh, yeah, it's true that there's a wounds of Jesus Christ. But I mean, seeing that picture, you know, uh, I've seen a painting as well that Thomas really put his fingers to the wound of Jesus Christ, checking it out. Now, this, is that particular picture happened? Yeah. Yeah. Did it? Well, it's not really. This might be a gray area. The word doesn't say. But talking about talking about John the writer, he's 
we can see that he's something like very detailed writer. He even mentioned that the room were locked, everything is gathered, everything. Now, right after Jesus telling that, oh, put your hands here. Now, did really Thomas put his fingers to the wounds of Jesus Christ? Probably not. Probably not. Now, put it this, this word. Put yourself in Thomas again. Seeing the Lord appearing just in front of you from nowhere, from nothing. From nothing. And then, all of a sudden, he came and approached you, saying, put your hands here. Of course, it's your, you, can, you can see it, right? Put your, put your hands here. And in my side, put your fingers here. Now I stop doubting, but yet believe. Now, would you dare, or if you have the courage, to put your fingers on his wounds? Hey, I don't think so. Just like Thomas, I would fall down on my feet, and my Lord and my God, I would do the same. Got it? Yeah. It made me, yes, I, I'm with you as well. Especially when I saw that picture, that, that painting, when I wasn't a believer yet. It was very clear that Thomas really, in one of his paintings, really put his fingers on Jesus' wounds. But I don't know, based on my conviction, I don't believe it happened. Don't believe it happened. Yeah. Just say, my Lord and my God. That's it. And then, and then Jesus said, said to him, uh, next verse. So just Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without, without seeing me. I don't know if Jesus really telling him off, telling him off, or just give him a lesson or something like that. It depends probably how would you read the verse. <laughs> Oh, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Telling more of, oh, yes, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I don't know what the, you know, the accent or the, the intensity of that word when Jesus told him about this. But one thing I believe, though, so when we ask something from the Lord, just like Thomas, Though he's in doubt, but he wants proof. He wants to reaffirm his faith about Jesus. He wants something like an evidence, or physical evidence. And the Lord was, you know, uh, meeting his request, actually. Answering his request about that. It might be scolded him, telling him more. But he just might be plainly seeing to him that, yes, you believe because you have seen me. And the good thing is, blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's us. It belongs to us, right? We believe without seeing God, but we believe that He exists. And that's what faith is all about, believing without seeing. And we read in Hebrews 11, chapter 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, too much for this description about faith. I know it's of you have many encounters in your Christian lives that God answered your prayers or touched you or changed your lives, that alone is more than enough to describe faith. I know. It happened to me a lot of times. You can really feel God's presence. 
when he touched us, when he responded to our prayers, and he is, you know, oh, gosh, I can't explain all of that. But I know you have the same encounter with our Lord that makes our faith really increase or reaffirm our faith. Amen? So, let's proceed. Now, what happened to Thomas, actually? You know, if you go into verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 16, it's Thomas again. If you got the Bible with you, can open that, but I, I've written it, it here. So Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. This was the incident when, who can remember? <laughs> before that, before that, actually. Yes, it was the, when Lazarus died at this stage. Uh, Lazarus died already. And the sisters told them to tell that news to Jesus Christ that Lazarus has died. And then Jesus said, I waited for a few days, three or four days, and he said, let's go back to Bethany. Bethany, that's the place? forgot, yes. And then the disciples told him, Master, oh, just days ago, the Jews threatened you to kill you and stone you to death if you're going back there. So there was a threat on Jesus, on his life, about that. And Jesus said, they were said, no, we will go. We'll go there. We'll go back there. And this is, this is Thomas' stand. He said, let's go too. Let's go with Jesus and die with him. That was his commitment to Jesus. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know how, what happened in our passage in John chapter 20 that he said, oh, to cease to believe. Yeah. Some said that it was during that time when Jesus, you know, died. There were a few days. And Jesus was not with them. Jesus was not with Thomas. And Thomas was, wasn't with Jesus physically during that time. That means to say he's got no fellowship with Jesus Christ during these times. I don't know. It could be the reason why his faith, his faith is wavering as well as failing. Could be. Two weeks ago, uh, Carrie shared to us that we are that <laughs> there's that I say that Carrie shared to us that Christ is and we are uh, be specific <laughs> that Christ is yeah Jesus is the yeah, Jesus divine, and we are, apart from him, we can do nothing. Just like this, when Thomas was wasn't with Jesus, I think his faith waver or failing, because he wasn't with Jesus at the time. Always remember that. The same case with us. No, yes, we are, Jesus is divine, and we are the branches. So apart from him, we can do nothing. So keep that fellowship always. Kerry uh, shared to us two Sundays ago how we can get into or attached to the vine always. I don't have to mention them again. There are lots of them. And one thing is, like this here, that we gather together, worshiping God, being in the church, that's one way of being in the vine. 
praise God for that. So that could be the reason why Thomas was failing in his faith. Because uh, Thomas was very, was very, what to call it, commitment, very bold, very zealous about Jesus Christ. He's willing to die with Jesus Christ at that stage. Now, in our passage, Thomas really was searching and desiring for an answer to give birth to faith or increase his faith. I think there's nothing wrong with, some call it, he's a doubting Thomas, but I don't believe so. He's just, just like us. We're searching for answers. We're searching for something like God will answer us to increase our faith, to answer, to answer our prayers. It's the same thing as we're asking for signs and miracles from our Lord. Thomas desires for a physical, probably physical, but he's searching for answers and desiring for an answer to give birth to faith or strengthen his faith. Now, what made me think that anyway? <laughs> yeah, because do you know what happened to Thomas after this? This is a good thing. This is a very good story. I read this passage also in the, uh, not passage, a magazine, National Geographic magazine. Yeah, it's a true story. I trust this magazine because it's a scientific magazine. They are not writing any articles unless they made a thorough research. That's what um, National Geographic is known about, their integrity. And they made the research about the footsteps of the disciples. And one of the footsteps is Thomas. That's the National uh, Geographic magazine, March 2012 issue. So, so according to traditions, it's not written in the Bible anyway, but according to research, traditions, I mean, handed on from generations to generations. According to traditions and historians, many believe that Thomas landed on the palm line coast of Kerala. Kerala is somewhere in India. Thomas is actually called, called the missionary, the missionary to, to India, actually. Coast of Kerala, I think that's in the east side of India, a site now called Kraganor. He is reported to have established seven churches there in Kerala and to have been murdered 20 years later on. I think um, Thomas was beheaded in that place as well, but it happened in the, I think, the east side. Oh, no, Kerala is in the west. Something, he was um, beheaded somewhere east side of India. 28 years ago, the other side of the country, that's in the east side, in Milapur, now a neighborhood in Chennai, same, same place in India and country. Now, at Palayar Church in Gorabayor, Thomas is said to have raised the first cross in India and performed one of his earliest miracles. When he encountered a group of Brahmins, Brahmins actually, Brahma is actually a Hindu god, Brahmins, throwing water in the air as part of their ritual, he asked why the water fell back to earth if it was placing to the deity or to your god. So he asked this question. If God would accept your, <laughs> your what we call that, um, um, uh, offering, why it fell back to the earth? Yeah. 
uh, if it was related to God. So Thomas said, Charles said, my God, Thomas said, would accept such an offering. If I'm drawing it to my God, he will accept it. Then, then he flung, he threw a great spray of water into the air, and the droplets hung there in the air in the form of glistening white blossoms, like white flowers in the air hanging there. What a miracle. <laughs> Most of lookers converted on the spot, the rest fled. Could you imagine that? How could you describe Thomas' faith at this stage? <laughs> it's a true story, actually. Um, in India, there is still what we call, they call themselves Thomas Christians. Uh, we've got some Indian um, and Tamil friends here before. Even there, you know, you know, our Indian friends uh, like Prem and other CGO, they know about the story. Yeah, we had a chat with them about this. Yeah, they know about the story. They know about the story about Thomas. So nowadays there are already different groups in the way of Thomas Christians, but it, it's, it originated there in the first century BC. Thomas. Oh, my gosh. That's. That's what happened when, yeah, nothing is wrong when we ask God about to increase our faith. We can ask God, Lord, help us our belief. You know, sometimes our faith is down, sometimes it's high, you know, but we can ask God, Lord, yes, help us. Help me in my belief. Just like the, the uh, I think, one of the passages in Mark chapter 9, that that um, a father has his, uh, what you call that, um, sick child. I said, Lord, you can heal my child if you can. <laughs> if you can, but said, if I can, Jesus said, nothing is impossible with God if you believe. Then, oh, I couldn't imagine Thomas, Thomas doing this actually how would he know that his you know, droplets of water in air would stay there <laughs> like a blossoms? No. <laughs> what if it drops down? Oh, no. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> but no, he just firm. He really believed. We throw it, God would accept his offering. Oh, what a faith. <laughs> and that's faith. So, yeah. So... That's um, our lesson for this morning. I hope you get something about faith, actually. And then, yeah, I know God is dealing with us. And don't forget that God is always there for us. Whatever questions we've got, feel free to ask God. If there's something like, you know, we are sometimes in our stage that our faith is somewhat very low, we can ask God, yeah, Lord, forgive us and teach us, Lord, Help us, Lord, to increase our faith. Nothing's wrong with that. And just like Thomas, what happened to Thomas, God was dealing with him. He answered Thomas' prayers. And look what is Thomas after that. Increase his faith. So it's something like that because the Lord, he, he wants you to increase in our faith. He doesn't want you to just stay there. He wants us to increase in our faith. In our faith because, yeah, until now, we haven't asked for anything in his name. Ask and 
ask and you will receive so that your joy will be complete. He's always telling us that. Yeah. Just ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for time giving me. And then, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.